You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my psychic, Kevin Langley. Once again, we want to thank our boy Mark Riley for coming on for episode 100. Uh, if you don't know, check it out. It's in the description of the episode below this one. Got a big show today. Uh, Jay Glazer is on me and Kevin's shit list. We're looking at you, Jay. Midget. Um, Odell, Odell, the Odell trade that ever was. <laughs> Vikings. Um... The PGA Tour is an American hero, icon and hero, um, and we're me and Kev are just going to do some NFL predictions because why the hell not? It's almost the NFL draft. A week away, baby. Let's go. All right. So first off, fuck Jay Glazer. I respect him as a reporter, but what he did was such bullshit. So first off, I apologize for the cussing, but me and Kevin were really irritated. So at about – I don't know, about 10 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Eastern time. I was lifting yesterday morning. I see Jay Glazer tweet out, big announcement coming, 8 a.m. Western time. I'm like, all right, something's going to fucking happen. I'm like, wait. And everybody from A2D Radio, who I listened to out in Philadelphia, to Adam Scheffner, to Colin Coward, everyone was talking about it because – we're all thinking the worst. Like, the NFL is going to get canceled. They're going to suspend the list short of the season, whatever. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So, at about 11.15 Eastern time, I am on Xbox with our boy Pat Donahue, shout out, and our boy Justin Quinlan, shout out. And I look at the phone and I see Rams center Brian Allen has coronavirus. He is recovering. But this was like three weeks prior he's had the virus. And he's he's on his he's already recovering from it, so it's like delayed news. He hyped this up like it was some national news. Um, spoiler alert: it didn't even make the like the NBC news on my coast. So there you go, Jay Glazer. What the hell, dude? This, this is not a time to like to like draw coverage for something that small. He's already healing up. He's already recovered. All the players are already in quarantine, so basically the, the it'll die with his the, the virus will die with his family. Like the virus will kind of dissipate with his family. They're, he's not getting out anywhere. He's already healing up. This shouldn't have been news. It should have been sad note. Brian Allen's the first NFL player to have it, but on the brighter side, he's rec- already in recovery thanks to social distancing. It's not spreading. That's how the headline should have been. This is why I hate media. Sometimes I'm part of the media and I hate most of it because this is such fear mongering bullshit. There are people who are so freaked out about this and I don't blame them. But here's the thing. Don't play with sports fans emotions. This is all we got. Hope the NFL and the PGA and MLB coming back mid season. That's all we got. I can only watch Friday night lights and play Madden for enough days until I start missing football. Kev, what's your thoughts? Uh, if, just drilled my knee against my desk if he actively had it and said hey like you can i will let you break this but i want to wait to see how my test goes see if i make sure i have it see if wait until i'm recovering at least and that's quick like hey by the way breaking news ram center 
uh, Brian Adams has coronavirus. He's fine. Brian no, Adams. his family's fine. What? Brian Allen, not Brian Adams. Okay. My He's bad. I was thinking song. The- He's not a Canadian songwriter. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just such a big Brian Adams fan. But it's not something you have to tease that you're going to break. Yeah. You don't go, hey, big news. Because people, like now, like you said, people are freaking out about every little thing. They're going to freak out about this thinking, like like you said, the season's canceled, postponed, whatever. But also I love Jake Glazer was getting roasted in the comments. People saying the same thing that we are, but also like, yeah, Jay, it's breaking news. Someone has coronavirus. Not like there's two million confirmed cases worldwide. Like, I I want to know it was well, this wasn't Fox because honestly Fox and Fox Sports is generally when it comes to like not screwing themselves with pub PR they're the best they know what to make a big deal about they know what to take a chill pill about come on they employ Skip Bayless that should tell you all you need to know right now um they're ne- not one to really shoot themselves in the foot so who in Jay Glazer's camp thought this was a smart idea to play it this way. I think just Jay Glazer. He's a fucking idiot. Anyone he talked to about this said, hey, like, I'm going to tease this big breaking news. I can't tell you what it is. But, and then they Everyone go, Everyone started well, amping. No, it's smart. But if it was like, and he's like, oh, my big news, it's not about player transactions or cuts or anything like that. I'm like, then what's the point? Nobody gives a shit about this stuff. Thank God Brian Allen's recovering. I guarantee he's not the first um, NFL guy to have it, but he's the first one for confirmed. Like, I'm more upset that my favorite basketball player's mom died from this two days ago. RIP to Mama Towns, by the way. Unfortunately, Carl Anthony Towns' mother did pass away from uh, coronavirus. So my thoughts out to my favorite, one of my favorite athletes and fellow Eagles fan, Carl Anthony Towns. It really sucks, uh, and you know he's he's my age. He's me and Kev's age. He's he's well, well he's halfway between our age actually. He's like he's like four months younger than me, which is insane because I could never imagine looking at my mother at this age. So um, prayers out to the town's family, and Carl especially. And uh, I think I heard his dad was sick as well. So hopefully his dad's recovering and Carl staying healthy and everything else. So, but yeah, enough uh, hashtag FJ Glazer because it, it this is just. Oh, God. It just It was handled poorly. Speaking of news handled poorly, Kevin, Odell Beckham's not going to the Vikings. <laughs> you want to start this one off? Sure. So it was reported yesterday after Jake Glazer teased this thing that the Vikings and the Browns were talking about an OBJ trade that would have taken OBJ in a seventh for the Vikings' second and fifth round picks this year. And then uh, reporter Chris Robinson came out and said, hey, I've been following this after social media went wild with this and how all that. And Chris Robinson reporter came out and said, hey, I followed I went down this rabbit hole about OBJ. Someone in the Browns front office said unequivocally that they have not spoken to the Vikings about trading OBJ. You know what? I have I have two theories about this, by the way. So. First off, um, I guarantee the Vikings are trying to drum it up, up to get the guys saying like, oh, maybe we can get this, but we're going to have to give up more. Let's see if we can lowball them a little bit. Because the Cleveland Browns are that kind of organization where they would jump the gun on something like this. 
But I don't think Odell will be a Brown next year. I'm going to give you three reasons why. One, Kevin Stefanski is not a moron. He comes to the Andy Reid coaching tree. He knows how to work things. He can get just enough production out of a couple rookie receivers and Jarvis Landry and Njoku and Hooper without Odell Beckham's headaches. Odell Beckham also knows with his powerful ass agent and his image, he doesn't want to be in Cleveland. He knows it. Baker Mayfield is going to need a year of Stefanski molding him into a, like, like a better version of like at least what he 90% of what he was at uh, Oklahoma. So I have a feeling he's not going to be there next year. Now, is he going to go to a team like, I don't, I don't know. Houston, not Houston. Um, think of a team that's got a lot of cash space needs a receiver. I hate using my team first, but I know they fit the bill. Philly. They've been rumored to go after Odell in the past. They just didn't pull the trigger because Howie Roseman was cheap. Don't blame them. They actually made out. They didn't have to give up an alignment in the first rounder for it. Um, I would say New England, but at this point it's kind of a shot in the shot in the barrel because uh, I don't think Jared still yeah. needs targets and he needs an offensive line. Uh, well, they need targets too, but yeah. I mean, I could even see Baltimore's cap isn't ridiculous. I could see L. I could see Las Vegas making a swing at this. I don't think it would help. I mean, Carr chucking the ball to Beckham would be insane. But because um, Carr likes those underneath routes, and that's Beckham's specialty. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. The Raiders gonna, need another head case receiver. But the thing is, Odell Beckham is a different kind of head case. Odell Beckham handles. Like authoritarian coaches, well, he hates co- he hates players coaches. So for a Belichick, a Peterson, a Gruden, a Bruce Arians, he would work very well because all those coaches don't take bullshit. For, even for like a Mike Vrabel or a um, Mike Zimmer, Vikings. But for a Freddie Kitchens, Hugh Jackson, or a he was he didn't play for Hugh Jackson, thank God. Or a Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer. Wait, did he even play for Shermer? No. No. Yeah, he did. No, yeah, he played for Shermer. So, yeah, no, for McAdoo and for whoever was before McAdoo or after, I don't even know. So, the second you saw, the second Coughlin, who's an authoritarian coach, left, Odell Beckham, that's when all the craziness started happening, all his antics. And... What stands out to me is he is still a top 10 receiver with his skill set, but he needs to go to a team that's going to be like, Odell, we don't give a crap what you do when you're not on our clock. Stay in shape, stay healthy, produce on Sundays. So a place like Philadelphia, L.A., Tennessee, even Tampa, even though it would never happen because their cap is going to be ridiculous, it'd work because all those coaching staffs would be like, Odell, just show up, play, leave. That's all we care about. Be an eagle or be a buck or be a uh, tight. We don't care. Just be there on Sundays. It would work. So th- I think he will be moved. I just think this this was kind of a, a really bad move by the Vikings organization to try to force a trade to happen. So uh, we'll see. I think it's interesting that when Chris Robinson talked to the Browns, they said, according to Chris Robinson, they said, uh, we have not spoken to the Vikings about trading Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't That's say they what I'm saying. Trade. 
that's not saying they're not trading him. They just, they just have to have the said, Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see him. I don't know where I want to see him go that I can see it making sense for them to trade for him. I don't think the Raiders would want to because of his. That'd be such a Raider move though. Yeah. Seattle. Seattle. I I could see more, but I, he would be perfect in Seattle alongside, uh, um, Metcalf and Lockett. I think, I think the Raiders would be an interesting choice, but I think it'd be an issue because like you said, he's a different kind of head case, but the issues on the sidelines, I think it's too close to what happened with Antonio Brown. Yeah. Like timing wise for them to want to take that on again. I, I do feel that. I feel like they'd want to go for more like stability. So they would be more likely to make a move for like an AJ Green before they would go off for OBJ. Um, I think the Vikings, not the Vikings, the Bucks would be interesting. Uh, they're not going to do it. I think they want, they need to build their offensive line and they're going to try and do that through the draft. Miami? Interesting. Because that that's be a nice. city he loves. That's a city he loves. And honestly, okay, so hear me out. I also saw from a source today, Belly of Football retweeted it and like, re- and like re-talked about it as well. But apparently the Dolphins, the quarterback they've really looked into the most is in Tua. It's your boy Justin Herbert. Now, what is the best way to develop Justin Herbert? have the best short route route runner in the game not named Mike Thomas catching balls for you. A guy who can turn a slant round to an 80-yard touchdown and who has a catch radius double his size. It, it, honestly, or even with Tua down the road. But the thing is, I feel like the Herbert Herbert starting day one for the Bucks for a, a de- – not Bucks, for the Finns with a decent roster and get putting OBJ alongside um, – Devontae Parker was a big physical receiver. That's a good team. And that team will probably win or at least be a game behind the uh, Bills for the AFC East. Whereas if he goes to, unless he goes to Minnesota, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Philadelphia, he plugs a hole. In Philly, he's the weapon Carson Wentz has always dreamed of. That arm strength and that, uh, that route running ability and that deep threat ball, Best season he's ever had in his career. Same thing in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins gets the ball out quick. I'm not saying he's going past the first round of the playoffs, but at least he's going to put up better numbers than he would do with Mayfield. But I do like the Miami thing. That's a smart, that's a good idea. The thing is with Miami, it bugs me is Tua. I think Miami makes the most sense. If they draft, like you said, if they draft Herbert, like they're high on him. If they draft Tua even, Fitzpatrick did okay in Tampa with the weapons he had when he was there. Yeah. I think he can do okay enough, but if they draft a quarterback who can be somewhat ready day one, not even day one, but like week six, if one of whichever quarterback they take can be, they have first round picks they could trade. They have three first rounders this year, right? They have yeah. five, eighteen, and twenty, twenty, twenty one. No, twenty six. It's like twenty six. Yeah. So give up. 26 in the third for OBJ. Mm-hmm. Bring him in. You then have Devontae Parker, OBJ, Mike Gesicki. And possibly like a Denzel Mims or a, or a Justin Jefferson in the slot. How lit would it be for Justin Jefferson to play alongside his idol? 
Like, that'd be insane for him. And then his second round, take Jonathan Taylor. Take DeAndre Swift. Take a running back. Take J.K. Dobbins. Like, seriously, like, like, because you already have Jordan Howard there. And Howard has proven he is a muscle hamster. The guy can just break tackles and get down. Even when he Before he, like, stopped playing, giving, giving a crap in Philly, he honestly was going to – he was on pace to run for 1,000 yards for us. Our first 1,000-yard rusher since uh, Shady McCoy. Um, he was having a great season. He had three touchdowns against the Packers. He's the reason we beat them. And Nigel Bradham having good hands. But what cracks me up is that if you look at the Dolphins roster from two through 50, 53, that's a playoff team. You got a lot of playmakers on that, on that defense and on offense. You've put in OBJ and then you draft Justin Herbert. That's a 10 and 6 team that gets knocked out in the second round. Seriously. They're going to get their ass kicked by whoever makes it past, whether it be Baltimore, Tennessee, or um, uh, Kansas City, but they're still going to do some damage. We're the fourth best division winner, but they're still going to be solid. I, I honestly think it's a home run here. You go get you go get OBJ, and you uh, give Herbert a weapon, along with uh, Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, and uh, whoever you get in the second round. I think it works. I love it. Good, good theory. All right, and speaking of good news... The PGA, goddamn American heroes, they gave us some good news. So the Players' Championship, which is here in Cro- here in Connecticut, Cromwell, boring-ass town except for the golf course. Um, no offense, Cromwell. I've been there twice. Not a fan. Golf course is gorgeous, though. Anyway, Players' Championship without fans will be commencing, I think it's June 20th. It's, it's in June. Say that. Um, so that's good news. The first sporting event that's been confirmed for a, a latter date. Not possible confirmed. And that's a good sign. And, uh, you know, I'm all, we need to take this virus seriously once again for the next month or so. Because we're, we're, we're starting, you know, the numbers are starting to slow. They're not stopping. They're not dropping, but they're slowing. Instead of getting 45,000 cases a day, we're de- we're going on like 2,000 cases a day. Total cases are still up there, but the numbers are slowing. You're not seeing as many um, confirmed cases. I'm just looking for my – well, I'm seeing Connecticut, one of the worst states about it because we're right next to New York. Even in my state, you're seeing you're, – yeah, you're seeing a couple people uh, – unfortunately, a couple people are dying. You're seeing a couple nursing homes that, that these things have gotten into, that this virus has gotten into, but – Total cases in the state, it's starting to – I've noticed just through headlines alone, it's starting to like you're seeing less and less reported. And I think the social distancing is helping. California, I've heard great repercussions from like the, the way they're t- treating it. So hopefully we're on the right track, praying for sports fans, for everyone's health, and the PGA, PGA giving us some hope. I will watch the Players' Championship – just out of solidarity, them doing this. I've only watched one golf tournament in my life. That's the Masters. But you know what? I will do it for this. Um, so, Kev, you ready to rock and roll on some predictions? Can I talk about PJ? I don't know. Can you? I don't watch golf. I've never watched golf. I don't like golf. However, that's about it for me. If there's no sports this year, knock on wood, I'm hoping there are. But if there are no other sports, 
you bet I'm watching golf. Oh, yeah. I might even bet on it a little bit. Who Who knows? Even though Connecticut doesn't have betting. (sighs) Massachusetts does. Also about coronavirus, Massachusetts says that they're about to start the surge. Like, it's going to be the worst it's been in the coming days. They said two weeks ago, and I'm still waiting for the surge. I don't know. They just said that this next week's going to be worse. Also, cases are not slowing down. They're still improving at the same rate. Okay, so maybe our... Might be Connecticut's different, but, like, nationwide. Connecticut's... No, the thing is also because our governor's been, like, overly gung-ho about this. Because we're the bordering state to New York City, so... Well, at least someone's being gung-ho about it. I mean, he's a horrible governor until this happened. So, hey, listen, Lamont found his calling. He's just got to be a governor during pandemic time. Um... So what you got from what was I'm sorry, let me cut you off. Is that it? That's not that was it. I might bet on right. golf. So, as I'm holding a football, wearing a Friday night lights, Tim Reagan shirt. I love you guys know. We gotta start talking some football because the draft's in a week. And you know I'm excited. Kevin and me my, dude, we should do like a live I don't know if we do we, we gotta do some kind of live thing. Because that first round, like my reactions last year were hysterical. Like, when they drafted Cleveland Farrell at four, I think I almost fell off my couch crying. I was laughing so hard when the Raiders took him. Oh, that was such and a th- dumb pick. I know. And the worst part is, is like, Josh Allen's going to be probably a Pro Bowler next year, and Cleveland Farrell's going to be a rotation pass rusher at best. Like I know they could he- have had him at 22 or 24, whatever their second I pick was. No. And how about Jonathan Abram, who's just kind of a bust? I don't like calling guys a bust after one year. I think that's unfair. I don't like his lack of coverage skills. That's all I know. You can say that he was taken too high or he's not where he should be yet. But I think calling a guy a bust after one year, because this is more an issue in the NBA, but after 10 games, they'll be calling a guy a bust. I've written a whole article about this. Colin Sexton was labeled a bust like 15 games into his career. Which is ridiculous because, like, everyone's, like, <sighs> Paul George wasn't even, like, a solid, like, all-star until, like, his third year. And now he, like, was, what, third in the MVP voting last year? Yeah, second or third. So, I, I reiterate your point. I'm just saying with Abram, what I see on tape does not bode well for him. Whereas, like, oh, Darnell Savage. Saying- Darnell Savage is going to be an all-pro safety in two years. The Packers nailed that pick because he's... Fast, he's athletic, and he can move. And he also can play inside the box. Abram can play inside the box, but he can't cover anybody. And that's what scares me. I'm not saying you can't call him a disappointment this point. I'm not saying you can't say, I think he's going okay, to so be a Okay, just stay away from the B word. Oh, you can use the B word, but say, like, he's going to. Like, I don't, I just don't, like, one year in, he's a bust. He's going to, he's going, he's on the bus train. Yeah. That's right. not at the final destination yet, but he's going there. Yeah, he's he's got a couple more exits before he he's stuck on that road. All right, so Kevin, we're starting AFC East, fourth, third, second, first. Who you got? All right, fourth. I'm gonna go Jets. Hey, me too. I just I don't know. Like I don't like Adam Gase as a coach. I don't. He really, doesn't I'm love so on Sam Darnold either. I think Sam Darnold could be a decent NFL quarterback. He's I don't think he's ever going to be good. I think he'll make Pro Bowls, like a Pro Bowl or two. Yeah. But that's also like 
like Andy Dalton and James Winston have made Pro Bowls. Which is terrifying. You, you don't have to be a good quarterback to make Pro Bowls. You have to be a not bad quarterback at this point. Um, third eye of the Patriots. I think that defense is good. Good enough to win enough games to not be dead last. Uh, I think that offense is going to be awful. They don't have a running game. I don't like Sony Michelle as a running back. James White's a great receiving back. Um, don't know about the quarterback situation. Still not a good receiving situation. You should try to unload Edelman. I hate saying it, but try to get something out of him. Give him a chance to win another ring. Increase that Hall of Fame. We'll take him in Philly. Like We need a slot receiver. We'll take him. That actually worked great. I would hate to see it, but it would work. Honestly, you know, the thing is, like, he'd work perfectly with Carson. He's a tough receiver who doesn't hate catching the ball. Yeah. The opposite of Aguilar. Um, and then, right. um, yeah. two, I actually got into an argument with a girl on Tinder about this. because. Are you she, serious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still talking to her somehow. There you go. Once this whole, There's hope once this whole corona thing ends, we're planning on going on a date. But, uh, two, I have the Buffalo Bills. Their defense is fine. They're a good defense. I don't know if I'm sold on Josh Allen at quarterback. I'm not either. I think Stephon Diggs helps, but I if if Josh Allen can't get him the ball, I don't know how much how effective he'll be. Their running game's good, but and then number one by process elimination, the greatest Cinderella story of all time, the Miami Dolphins. They made great moves. I think with a good draft. Uh, as low as I am on Herbert, if they take Herbert at five, I think that's a good pick. With either nope. quarterback, Tua or Herbert, I think it's a win. You know who they remind me of? Who do they 2016 you? Eagles. When Howie Roseman flipped that entire culture in two seasons, they won the Super Bowl. Don't be surprised in 2021 if the Dolphins are raising the Lombardi Trophy, or at least in the Super Bowl. Because that's the kind of culture they're flipping. I love Brian Flores. Like, honestly, like, when it comes to young coaches, I haven't been sold on one in a while. I love Brian Flores because he's the first Belichick coach that has his own identity. And it's not, like, acting like a douchey frat boy. <clears throat> at Patricia. Um, I have theories about that, actually. Look let's at wait until after this. But okay. I, I want to hear these theories. All right, so, mine. Uh, it's, um... Jets won because, guys, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. I did not like because, you know, guys, I'm a little Cowherd listener. He's been on Darnold since sophomore year of college. I don't see it. I see the improvisation skills. I see the good arm, okay arm. He's got to stop kissing middle school teachers. But I don't understand, like, that organization until Woody Johnson and Adam Gase are gone – they're never going to fix it. They're never going to fix it. Gates is a good offensive coordinator, but he's not a good head coach. The Jets have this problem where they hire coordinators who don't have um, – wh- who's the guy they had before this? Um, what's his name? Um, Bowles. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Great defensive coordinator. Like all-time level. Great defensive coordinator. Numbers speak for themselves. Rex Ryan. Literally was the reason the Baltimore Ravens defense was elite for most of the 2000s. Horrible coach. Not horrible coach, but not a great coach. And Adam Gase, probably one of the best offense coordinators if he was an offense coordinator. He can't coach defense. 
Also, he struggles with people. So that's why Jets are going to be screwed. Also, this, they're they're screwing up his whole Le'Veon Bell thing. You have a running back who is perfect for offensive lines that are kind of sketchy and perfect for a quarterback who's young. Why are you trying to trade him? You let Robbie Anderson walk in free agency. You could have just made him an extension because he's a deep threat. Young quarterbacks need guys who are fast. They better. They need receivers that are screwed. Number three, I got New England as well. Um, you said it basically. They are in a rebuild mode, but they're not as worse as the Jets. <laughs> there you go. That's my reason. Um, number two, uh, I just gonna kill me. Says the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think they're a year away. I think they are the 2016 Eagles. They're going to start off hot. They're going to go great. They're going to be winning games. This is no OBJ. With OBJ, they're winning the division. No OBJ. They're going to be like the the Carson Wentz rookie year Eagles, where they're going to win a ton of games early. It's going to be crazy. They're going to hit a little bit of a snag, and then they're going to rally at the end of the year. It's going to be 8-8, Flores is going to get it. He has a good culture, but the issue is – is the quarterback's young. There's not a lot of weapons. They're young. It's 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 gonna have to take a year to gel. Number one, the Buffalo Bills. They were ten and six last year. The only reason they lost to the, they they choked away a win to the the Texans. Who God bless Deshaun Watson. I hope he gets out of there. Oh, the poor kid. Um, Josh Allen will improve. I don't think he's gonna be top ten elite like Savannah, like Savannah said. God, that list was awful. Except for Wentz and you know. The fact that he admitted Brady was she admitted Brady was stupid. Especially with those weapons, are you kidding me? Like, God, yeah. all right. Anyway, we could we could rip on that list for hours. We're not going to. Um That defense is elite. It is. Tredavious White is maybe the best pure cover corner in the game, not named Stephon Gilmore, Darius Slay. And he can cover anybody from a safety to a speed receiver. They have a great pass rush. They have good linebackers. It's a solid team. And Sean McDermott may be the most underrated coach in the league. The Bills get the division title, I at least right now. And I think, honestly, Josh Allen, you're going to see – you saw a lot of jump this year. I think you're going to see more jump next year. He's never going to be an elite passer. But a sloppy good quarterback? Sure. I think it works. So – all right, Kev. We're doing AFC North. We're going to speedball this a little bit. It took a little too long. Um, for me, Baltimore Ravens at one. Duh. Lamar Jackson, MVP. Team looks nasty. Number two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben will be back. I don't think they're as good as everyone said. They're going to be a 9-7, 8-8 team. I don't think they have much talent. I think they need to solve the issue at running back. James Conner is not a true number one. And Juju is not a true number one receiver. And they're going to find that out sooner or later. Um, three, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I think somehow Joe Burrow, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, with A.J. Green, John Ross, and Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon, they're going to win about seven or eight games, and they're going to be interesting. They're not going to beat any good teams. But they're going to kick the team behind them's butt twice. Number six, number four is the Browns. 
I think they're going to be a 7-9 team. Stefanski's going to struggle. They're going to win a couple games they shouldn't, but they're going to lose a couple games they shouldn't. And they're going to try to learn how to run the ball with Chubb and Hunt and utilize their two tight end set. They got to get rid of Beckham. It's just not going to work with that much, like, to get the ball. They need to simplify it with Mayfield. That defense is insane. They can get themselves a linebacker. But they need a year. And with Stefanski under the belt, they're not going to take over right away. Thoughts or reactions or your version? I have, at one, I have the Ravens. I think that offense is one-dimensional, but I think it's so good at being one-dimensional. And this is before the draft. If they had a receiver, I'll change that mm-hmm. one to the one-dimensional label, but they're so good at that. Their defense is good enough. Lamar Jackson, they're going to win the division easily. Mm-hmm. Two, I have the Browns. Really? It, and I think the AFC North, it's the Ravens and then 50 feet of crap and then the rest of the division. Thanks, Billy. I don't Bean. think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be like the Ravens are 11 and 5, the Browns are 10 and 6 pushing for it. I think it's like the Ravens are going to be 12 and 4, 13 and 3. The Browns are going to be 9 and 7 or 10 and 6, but probably 9 and 7. And they're going to be second in that division. I think another year with OBJ, I think they're going to work through their issues. They have two great running backs, great receiving core. I I think Stefanski is good enough as an offense coordinator. I think they'll do fine. They'll do fine as head coach. Nothing special, nothing to write home about. Three, I have the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow, we've talked about it. He's the most pro-ready quarterback right now. So we both have the Bengals at three. Yes, but he has the lowest ceiling, and there's going to be growing pains. I, I don't know if A.J. Green can stay healthy. He's a mobile Andy Dalton. No, no, he's a more mobile Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Without the choking. So, oh, definitely without the choking. Dude, dude's a baller. But I think those growing pains are going to show, um, especially if Joe Mixon ends up holding out longer than that if he can't get a long-term deal. And then finally, I have the Steelers. I don't know if Big Ben can stay healthy. He has shown an inability to do that lately. And I know the team was surging last year towards the end of the year. I don't expect the team to surge like that. I think without Big Ben, they're going to struggle, especially with Juju as your number one receiver and Connors as your number one running back. They're both number twos. Yeah. But on the team, they're number one, and they shouldn't be. Basically. I think they're, they're that, that Steelers team is fool's gold. Honestly. Yep. All right. And if AFC West, here we go. All right, kicking it off. No surprise, Kansas City Chiefs, defensive Super Bowl champs. They basically kept everyone except for Chris Jones. Um, it's going to be lit. They're going to still light teams up. Can they run the ball? Can they play defense? We'll never know. Um, <laughs> number two, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, you're saying, Jared, how is that possible? Like, the, the Chargers are in the division. The Broncos are there. Well, first of all, Drew Locke is going to still have a sophomore slump. I'm telling you right now. Um, I have a feel, funny feeling it's going to be the cheat. Now, bear with me. The Chiefs are going to go 13-3. And then it's going to be 9-7-8-8-7-9 for the other three teams. They're going to be in a dogfight for second place. It's going to be the Raiders at 9-7. and seven. I think Josh Jacobs is a great running back. Darren Waller is, pro- is a top five tight end. Don't at me. Um, that guy is a freak. He's a freak. Okay. And there's no question about it. This is only going to happen if the Raiders don't try to go get a quarterback instead of Carr. If they stick with Carr and just let it work and utilize what they have, maybe we'll get a receiver 
and utilize Josh Jacobs, it could work. Then at eight and eight, I got LA Chargers. If they get Herbert, which would be great, I don't know if they're going to do it. If they don't, they'll get Tua. It's going to be hard. They're going to have to start Tyrod Taylor first couple day, weeks, I think, regardless of whoever they pick up. That's what they have Tyrod there still for. It's going to be hard. I think that, unfortunately, with the Chiefs, they have so many weapons and they have such a good defense. Their quarterback play is going to make them struggle. So, honestly, they could go 9-7 and seven as well, tiebreaker going either way. And then at 7-9, and nine, I have the Broncos with the most overcrowded backfield I've ever seen. they got to move one of these guys at draft time. They, they can't move Gordon, so they're going to have to move Freeman or Lindsey. I don't think I think they got to move Freeman because you can't have three running backs who each demand th- 200 carries a year. It's not going to happen. So I think they're going to move one of the guys. Um, Drew Locke is going to be good in a couple of years. Cortland Sutton's a good receiver. Noah Fant's a great tight end in, in the making. They need a defense. They'll work on it in the draft. Get Von Miller some help so he at least makes the back to the playoffs one more time before he gets he turns into the dinosaur. Um, Kev, what do you got for AFC West? Uh, Chiefs at one. I think the run game's still a concern if they don't address that in the draft. I think the defense is still kind of a concern, even though it did okay in the Super Bowl. Uh, two, I have I, – I struggle with the rest of this division, too, because I think it's the Chiefs so far ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. But I would have That's the Broncos. I have the Raiders and Chargers interchangeable. I have the Broncos at two. I think really? Drew Locke is going to struggle in the second year. But I think that that backfield that is overcrowded, yes, they probably have to get rid of Freeman. But with Gordon and Lindsey, that's going to help him so much. It's going to take a lot of the pressure off of him. Because they're both And then Sutton, Fant, that'll work. I have the Raiders at three. And I think the last three teams are going to be real close. Raiders at three. I don't know how I believe in Carr as a quarterback. I think Josh Jacobs is going to help with that, though. Take, like I said, take some pressure off him. Same for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And then if the Chargers are rolling with Tyrod Taylor, put them in Sharpie for last in this division. True. He did fine in Buffalo, but that's the best-case scenario. He sucked in Cleveland. Yeah, he did fine in Buffalo, but that is the best-case scenario for Tyrod Taylor, and you're never going to see that again. He's a backup. That's what he is. And the thing is, unfortunately, if – so what we think the model is, if they do take Herbert at five with the Dolphins, then two is going to six to the Chargers. And I think it's great because that's the best scenario for Tua because you, you start a career with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. It's not a bad draft at all. Not a bad place to start your, your career off. But, so, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, This division's going to be weird. It's going to be like last year, where we're not going to understand what the hell's going on until the end of the season, except for San Diego, except for KC. I think also, if they draft Tua, they should just commit to punting this year and bench him. I mean, I'm I'm up for that, too. I mean, but I think with Tua, if you're the Chargers, you still have all these weapons, and they're still young. I think if I'm the Chargers, I go first round, I go to a second round, I go running back. Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, whoever's available. Get a replacement for Gordon. Because as much as you love Austin Eckler, he's not an every down running back. No. So, and as much as 
you didn't want to pay Melvin Gordon. Mel, what Melvin Gordon signed for was actually $2 million less than what the Chargers offered him midseason. But he, I think he hated the Chargers organization so much he wanted to get out of there. I think also part of it was probably he thought he could get more. He wanted to free agency. Realize yeah, no, he couldn't like, get more. A, a team, another team, I think it might have been, I'm not sure if it was the, the, I've heard it was an NFC North team, maybe the Lions, offered him like, like $4 million more than what the Broncos offered him, but he wanted to take the Broncos just so he could beat up on the Chargers. Dude, that's just not smart business decision. Nobody cares. No. No. Because if he goes to the Lions, he makes the Lions a playoff team tomorrow. Because what they were missing last year was a running game to keep Matt Stafford on his up, upright. Yep. So, because carry on Johnson, the durability of Mr. Glass. So, those Auburn so running backs. Can't see all yeah. Um, so, AC South, Titans. Colts in second, like 9 and 7, 10 and 6, wild card spot. Uh, Jags in third. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, Texans in third at like eight and eight, nine, seven and nine. I think they're going to regress a little bit this year. I think they're going to be a lot of games, but their their lack of DeAndre Hopkins is going to be able to save them. Um, then I got Jacksonville in third at like fifteen. Oh no, five and eleven. I think that Minshew is going to fail. I love him as a personality. I hate his game as quarterback. Uh, I agree with you. I can see that even without Hopkins, I can see the Colts or not the Colts. I can see the Texans being second and the Colts third if the Phillip Rivers experiment doesn't work. True. But I think the safe bet is Titans one, Colts two, Texans three, and then Jaguars. Let's be clear. That's like like the AFC West. I can have the Colts and Texans be interchangeable. We all know who's winning this division. All right. Um. Next up. NFC East, I'll go first because this is my division. This is like the AFC West because unlike the – this is the strangest thing ever. You had three coaches in one division all get fired in one offseason. I don't think it's ever happened before. Or if it has, has happened in seasons. Philadelphia at one, if they can get a receiver in the draft and start like getting decent backups, that defense with Darius Slay is – finally good enough to keep the offense to keep get off the field quickly losing Malcolm Jenkins I think was a necessary evil if you watch the tape he slowed down they Miles Sanders is going to be a top 10 running back in this year and probably going to get a monster contract not as much as McCaffrey but close to it um Philly got their new McCoy Westbrook type and I wasn't sold on I was I didn't want Sanders I want somebody else and I was wrong on Sanders. I didn't think he was going to be that good out of the draft, and I was proven wrong. So I will fully admit that. Um, number two, I have the New York Giants. Yeah, I have the New York Giants at like 8-8 eight and eight because Saquon, Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, that defense is getting better. <laughs> because the next, th- the next two teams are interchangeable. I think that, unfortunately... The Cowboys regressed so far by not addressing their secondary or the fact that they have not gotten Dak. They, they, they're not coping with the fact that they – okay, so if you really want my realistic thing, it's going to be one of them is going to go 9-7, and seven, one's going to go 7-9. So Giants or Cowboys are going 7-9 or 9-7. The issue with the Cowboys is 
I'll talk on this later. Dak's unraveling. Zeke's over. Zeke's semi overrated. And um, besides Amari Cooper, you've no legitimate weapons on that offense. Uh, their secondary is atrocious. Haha, Clinton Dix is about as good in coverage as Jeff Heath is, so he didn't really solve anything. Awuzie is okay as a cornerback, but he's only a number two at best. And you let Byron Jones walk in free agency. You didn't solve any problems. I mean, yes, you have Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, two of the best linebackers in the league, but once you get past the secondary, it's not really going to matter. Um, I also think this contract situation is going to ruin the locker room. So 7-9-9-7 for the Cowboys, 7-9-9-7 for the uh, Giants. And in last place is the Washington Redskins. Unless they take a quarterback, they're going to be stuck there for the next three years. Because Dwayne Haskins is absolute trash. I don't care if he's got a big arm. I run a faster 40 time than he does. Don't believe me? Look at my high school. High school tape. Not kidding. A 5-1. That's horrifying for a man who's that big. There are defensive, there are like nose tackles running a faster 40 time than him. I think Don Terry Poe ran like a 4-9 a or like a 5-flat. Like that's awful. Um, Haskins' decision making is garbage. He's immature. The selfie thing on the side of last year, are you serious? Come on. Um, I think that Terry McLaurin is a good receiver, but they're going to struggle trying to get another weapon for him. I also think that Darius Geis is a B-plus running back at best. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, great. They're going to get Chase Young. They're going to have the best defensive line in football, but it's not going to stop anybody because they're going to be down by 20 points every game. So there you go, Kev. Eagles at one, I think. I think this is going to be one of the worst divisions in football, honestly, top to bottom. Eagles are going to be 10 and 6, 11 and 5, and they're going to win the division by five games. So it's going to be five, but by a comfortable margin. Yeah, they're going to be able to. They're going to pull Carson in week 14. (laughs) I think by maybe not week 14, but by like week 16 or 17, they could definitely go. Hey, Carson, be healthy for the playoffs. Um, Two, actually, I have the Redskins. Really? If they take Chase Young, I think that Ron Rivera will get the best of that defense. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be. I think this team defensively, especially with that front seven, could be what the. 2015 Broncos were not a great offense, really good defense. So, but unfortunately, in the way the new NFL has changed since 2015, they're going they're only going to be like a second place team. But yeah, I and I don't think their defense is as good as the 2015 Broncos. They're also I think the their offense is going to be a little better. They don't have the secondary that Broncos had. The Broncos had either. No, but I also think this offense is going to be better than the 2015 Broncos. True, because they have better running backs, but. Yeah. Which is and saying Skies is awful. I think Dwayne Askins is going to show improvement this year. I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to be a pro. I don't think he's going to be that good. But I think he'll be improved. If Darius Geis can stay healthy, even though he's a B-plus running back, it'll help out a lot. And it's not that hard. Hey, Dwayne, drop back. If McLaren's open, hit him. If not, hit AP or Geis on a swing. <laughs> Give him two reads every play. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, it's... I think they need to go get a receiver in the second round. They need like a Mims or a, a, a so just somebody who's big, so like Haskins can't miss. Maybe we'll get like a Claypool, 
Just somebody who's or like Chad uh, or like Colin Johnson out of Texas. Just somebody who's just so big, Colin that like even uh, what's uh, even Haskins can't miss him. But yeah, this it, it's gonna be weird. Then three, I have Dallas. I do think Jason Garrett was holding this team back a bit. I don't think he's a good coach at all. Um, I don't think they're gonna be good. I think they're Dallas are gonna be chasing Washington for number two. It's gonna be close. And then, because like you said, their secondary is awful, but I think they have two of the best young linebackers. I think Dak's an okay starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he will have a long career because he's okay consistently. Yeah. And I think Zeke's good when he wants to be, and Amari Cooper's a great receiver. Oh, no, he's the best route runner in the league. And then four, I have the Giants. Danny Dimes and Saquon cannot save that offensive line. They I mean, are Kevin Zeitler is still an all-pro. What? Kevin Zeitler is still an all-pro level t- uh, offensive lineman. Okay. That's 20% of your offensive line. True. That leaves 80% of whole. I know you're not good at math. 100 <laughs> minus 20 is 80. That leaves 80% of an atrocious I'm about to offensive kill line. your feed right now, Eugene. You're such a jackass. Uh, no, but like they're going to draft a tackle at four. And I mean, yeah, he'll he's gonna struggle like maybe the first couple games. I think they're gonna be an okay team. So maybe I have I'll flip it. I'll give Dallas eight and eight and Giants six and ten. But I think the Giants will be better than they were last year, but not much better. I'm not sold on Joe Judge. You had him on your team. I don't know what to think of the guy. I didn't even know who the hell he was until his name came up when you brought him up. Um, you By know way, who Kevin, else special story before anybody else did. <clears throat> what? Kevin was talking. You were talking about Joe Judge getting hired by the Giants like three days before it broke. Yikes! Uh, look, do you know another special teams coordinator who became a head coach right after? Sean Harbaugh. Yeah. Also, I think Joe Judge is good. Back to kind of, uh, we'll talk about my theory about Patriots coaches after, but. Yeah, we'll we'll do that after weird shit before we do my rip on deck. Um. All right. So, NFC South. Now, we debate. We talked about this today. Brandon Marshall brought up today a first take as well. I'm going four. I'm going Panthers. They are going to struggle because Teddy Bridgewater is good, but he's not great. And good but not great doesn't win you a division when you're the fourth best quarterback in the – best quarterback division in the entire league, by the way. Teddy Bridgewater is the fourth best quarterback in your division. That's scary. They do have the best running back in the division, though, but it's not going to matter. Um, number three, New Orleans Saints. I have three reasons why. First off, everyone figured out their defense last year, and you can't blame Kyle Rudolph on a push-off when you should have blown out the, the Vikings by 30. But everyone figured out their offense, too. And Drew Brees is not an elite quarterback anymore. He won't be ever again. Kev, I am honestly convinced if you put me and him together in the Superdome and let me warm up for about – the ball was warm for five minutes, I could outthrow him distance-wise. Not kidding. I watched that ball die at 40 yards, and I'm like, are they really serious with this right now? It's like watching Trubisky throw the ball, except with more accuracy and less stupidity. The, the ball just starts fluttering at 20, 30 yards. I'm, I'm completely just making a joke. I'm just saying the guy's arm's shot. Number two, I got the Atlanta Falcons. That offense is going to be insane. Gurley, Jones, Ridley, Matt Ryan. They're not going to be able to score. They're not going to be able to score in crunch time. 
But they'll win nine, set nine, ten games over bad teams. So they'll be a wild card team, get smoked in the first round. Still fun to watch. And number one, I got the GOAT and Mike Evans winning division in Tampa at 11-5 because Tom Brady is the best offensive single caller in the game still. Not Aaron Rodgers, not Russell Wilson. It's still Tom Brady. He may not have a good arm at all, but he's not stupid. He knows how to play. He also has one of the smartest offensive gurus in the league in Bruce Arians. He also has O.J. Howard, who is probably the most underrated tight end in the league. Dude had Jameis Winston as a quarterback. I should tell you everything you need to know. Um, it's going to be a different-looking Bucks offense, but it's going to be fun to watch. Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones sounds a lot like um, Rex Burkhead and James White to me. They're all interchangeable. Um, yeah, and that defense ain't horrible. Shaquille Barrett can rush the passer, and Devin White's a great outside linebacker. Next. <laughs> what do you got, Kev? I think I got four Panthers. I think you have DJ Moore, Teddy Bridgewater, Christian Caffrey. I think that's going to be a very good group. But they're going to but that's, that defense is awful. Yeah, that's all they have. They don't have anything else. I Curtis Samuel's not horrible either. Yeah, but other than that, like other than couple, what? They let uh they let uh what's his face walk Olsen walks so and I have no tight end so yeah so. Other than three or four offensive players, they don't have anything. Three, I also have the Saints. I think it's going to be – there's going to be some distance between four and then one through three. But Saints, oh, I, I, I completely agree. It's going to be like five and 11 is the, Pan, is the Panthers. But I think Drew Brees only played 11 games last year. I think that will become the norm. I expect this year he's probably going to get hurt too. He only threw four picks to 27 touchdowns in those 11 games, which is good. But he's a smart quarterback. He has been. That's not the issue here. Mm-hmm. Two, Falcons, I think that offense has too many weapons to not do well. They're going to drop a couple 50 bombers this year. I'm calling it. Oh, it's going to be incredible. But probably two of them are going to be on the Panthers. And then one, I have the Bucks with an asterisk. If they don't get some line help, they are screwed. Yeah. The line last year, and I brought this stat up before, the Bucks line last year was comparable to the Patriots, but that was with James Winston, who's a lot more mobile than Tom Brady. I have a counter theory to that, by the way, but I'll let you finish. Your counter theory is probably going to be Brady smarter, gets the ball out quicker. Yes. No, and also, Jameis will try to improvise on plays when he shouldn't just throw the ball away. That's why it took more sacks. Yes, but also I think the issue is there were a lot of free runs at Jameis last year that he could have gotten out, that he got out of because he's mobile. When Brady sees a free run, he just tucks the ball and takes the hit. And he starts going down. He doesn't just stand there like this. He goes down. I also think with that, it's going to be, he said to Bruce, like, we're drafting O-line first round and second round. Don't be surprised if Jason Peters is wearing a Buccaneers uniform by the end of the, by the end of next week. Honestly, one of the best left tackles of all time. I would lo- I, I'm going to miss him. Let him go block for the GOAT for a year. I think they should also try calling up uh, Washington, see if they get Trent Williams. I, yeah, I think that he's going to be a draft day trade. Everyone keeps saying he's going to... Cleveland, Cleveland will chip up enough chip form. 
I think they'll trade to Tampa, and Tampa will have. Hey, listen, you have Trent Williams at one tackle. You draft a right tackle with the other draft, and you can get guards are guards are kind of interchangeable. You can get you can get one pretty easily. Yep. So it's basically tackle is the most important position besides center. I I think the Buck. No, listen, the Bucks are going to go ten and six, eleven and five. They're not going to they're not going to be they're not going to beat the Eagles. They're not probably going to beat the uh, the Packers. They might beat the Packers. I think the Packers are overrated. I actually don't even know who I have in the AFC North now. I think I think the Eagles have the edge only because the Eagles defense is better. The offense is going to be t- shot for shot, but I think the Eagles defense is why they would beat the Bucks. At West though, you got to compete with San Fran and Seattle, so and possibly Arizona, which is going to be interesting. So, all right. NFC North. Now, drumroll, please, Kevin. <laughs> All right. So, starting off in last place, we have uh, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have Chicago Bears. The Bears. Here's why. This this division is going to be the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Redskins and Giants last year. It's going to be Nine and seven, seven and nine, six and ten, fifteen and five and eleven. You know why? Because I think the Lions are gonna win more games this year. I think that the Bears are gonna lose more games this year. I think that the Packers had a, a flash in a pan season last year with Aaron Jones. And the Vikings don't have Stephon Diggs, so they're gonna double cover Adam Thielen. And everyone's gonna pack the box in Dalvin Cook. So with that in mind. I have the Vikings winning the division at 9-7. I have the Packers not making the playoffs at 8-8. Their defense is trash. Except for Jair Alexander, they suck. Um, And Darnell Savage, my boy. Um, Then I have the Bears and the Lions interchangeable in last place. This division, the the problem with this division is the draft is going to tell me more. Devin Funches is not a speed receiver, which is what the Packers desperately need. Along with, you know, defensive linemen who actually can stop the run. Because, Kev, every team that smoked them last year, what did they do? Ran the football. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia basically bullied them for an entire game with JV, with JV corners and still won. So, uh, that should tell you, you know. Oh, the Chargers beat them too, by the way, just uh, for record's sake. Um, oh, the Eagles also, though, needed uh, a no-call pass interference. All right. First of all, even if we had our starters in there, we would have beaten by 15. The problem was half the time, Kev, they could have you and me out there. And by the end of the game, they had Craig James, practice squad guy from the Vikings. We had, uh, I think it was Orlando Skandrick and three safeties on our last drive. That's what we had left after Andrew Sindaniejo knocked out Avante Maddox. Because LeBlanc was still on IR, so is um, what's his face? Names escape me. Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, who was smoked more times than a brisket against the uh, Falcons, wasn't even playing that game. I think he was injured. So, yeah, that was a stressful game to watch. We should we should have been up by 30 if half our team was playing. So I think the Packers were the most fake 13 and three team I'd ever seen in my life, and we're seeing more ran through them like they were a revolving door. What are your thoughts on the NFC North, Kev? Uh, NFC North is an interesting division. 
I think they're going to give the NFC East a run for its money in terms of worst division. I think I think I think you're right, actually. I also have the Bears last. Mitch Trubisky, second overall, is inexcusable. Passed up on Mahomes, passed up on Watson. Just for any Bears fans listening. I think I think the Lions are gonna be third, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be like a couple years ago win. They're third, but they are very close in most of their games. I don't think yeah. they're going to get blown out a lot. I think it's going to be like, they're going to lose 10, 9, 10 games by a combined, like, 30 points. Uh, also, have the Packers third. I don't think this team's very good. I think they're going to struggle, especially if they don't get receiver help, because Devontae Adams is not a top 10 receiver. He's a 1B receiver. Yeah. They need another 1B, basically. Pretty much. And I don't think they're going to get one either in the draft for this year. I also think Rodgers is on the decline a bit, partially probably because oh, of the lack of, of weapons. Um, also, Devontae Adams is not elite. He had, like, one good season. Can't stay healthy either. And then, even without Diggs, I think the Vikings are still going to win this division. Barely, I think. Lions? What? Not the Lions. The Vikings. Where'd you have the Lions? Third. Oh, you had the Packers at third, so. No, I had the Packers at second. Oh, okay. You said third with the Packers. Okay, that makes sense. No, I said Vike, Lions third by they're okay. lose so they're 10 games by 30. Yeah. Then Packers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's going to be, though, like Vikings won one game back Packers, two oh, games eight, back eight. Packers, Lions, and then like Seven games back from the Lions, Bears. Poor Matt Nagy. <laughs> I also have an alternate theory that somehow Matt Nagy is going to pull the best out of Nick Foles and the Bears win the division. True. Because they do have Trey Burton and Allen Robinson and Terry Cohen. It's not a bad – it's not a horrible offense. Go draft a tight end or a receiver. Add another running back. It's not a bad idea. I don't know. Um, no, I, I'm pretty on pace with you on that one. I, I think that we both think the Vikings are. All right. NFC West, the final one. Number four, I have the LA Rams. I think the experiment has failed. Jared Goff is a worse Matt Ryan with a better arm. Uh, no Todd Gurley means they're going to be struggling a lot. That defense is old. They're slow. And Jalen Ramsey is going to be basically by himself. It's going to be a lot like his first two years in Jacksonville. Um, that receiving core is bad. Robert Woods, Robert Woods is fine, but as a number one, he's not elite. He's gonna he's gonna miss having Cooks being basically almost double covered half the games. Josh Reynolds is an okay number two, I guess. It's gonna be a long season for the Rams, especially two years removed from the Super Bowl. Uh, three, I have the Arizona Cardinals, but like a nine and seven number three. I love this offense. Kenyon Drake getting the handoff. Kyler Murray having Christian Kirk and um, DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitz. Plus, they'll get a little offensive tackle help in the draft. And they still have P-Pat and those boys on defense. They're not they're not horrible on defense either. So, Kev, they're going to be a surprise team this year. They're not going to make any real damage if they make the they're they're going to be the seventh seed at best. 
but it's going to be fun watching them get in. Yep. Um, two, I have the Seahawks. They need a pass rusher, whether they go trade for Ngakwe or they just throw some money at Clowney. Um, that defense needs to improve because they were atrocious last year. Um, they need to get, they need to fix the running back problem. I think the Curtis Carson, great, but he can't stay healthy. Go draft another one. It won't kill you. Even if it's like Clyde Hilaire, uh, Cam Akers, just get another one. Help Russell Wilson out. He's got all the receivers in the world. The, the, the Seahawks are the best team with a shit ton of holes, basically. Because Russell Wilson is just a giant roll of duct tape for everything else. And number one, it's the 49ers. Now, do I think they're going to go back to the Super Bowl? No. I think that there's four teams I can think of off the bat, and the NFC would probably take them out in one shot. But I think they are still the best front seven in the league. I think they still have an okay secondary. And, you know, the running back by committee with all those receivers, again, maybe get another guy in the second round, draft a te- – draft a, or maybe get one early at uh, – maybe we'll get Judy or uh, Lamb or Jefferson at 11. Or, or uh, what's his face? Uh, Ruggs, even though it's proven that Jimmy Garoppolo struggles with receivers who run faster than Mach 1. So – yeah, come on, they have the best tight end in football. No 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 contest here. Yeah, I mean, I don't really disagree with you on anything. I have the Rams at four. They're in salary cap hell. Not as bad as the Chiefs, but Well the Chiefs they're... also have the best quarterback in the league, so Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I think Goff is not a good quarterback. He's like average at best. Good. Uh, Throws a damn good deep ball, though. I will give him that. Yeah, but uh, he can't really do much else. Yeah. No run game to speak of. Mm-hmm. Defense, they're losing people left and right. It's They're just in for a rough season. Another rough season. Less uh, need fired by the end of the season, I believe. Probably. Cardinals at three, they're going to have a really good year. Great receiving four. They're going to be fun. Canyon Drake's a damn good running back. When he's not in Miami. Yeah. Uh, and Kyler Murray's going to do fine, I think. Uh, I have the 49ers at two, though. I think Sherman's going to start showing his age more. Well, we, we saw, kind of saw that in the Super Bowl, too. And also, I think uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's a slightly better quarterback than Jared Goff. Overall. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's that good. I don't think he deserved $100 million. Oh, I don't either, but I think he was what Unless they you're paying him to be a model. Other than that, that should, chin line. he should not be doing that. He should not be making that much money. And then the, the Seahawks are the clear runaways here. Yes, they have some questions. They, but need, think, to, they need to have an amazing draft because, Kev, that defense was awful last year. I the only time the defense out. with the the only time the defense looked elite was when they knocked Wentz out or when the first time they played the 49ers and Clowney had like three passes, had three quarterback hits in two drives. But every two, like, but besides that, their defense looked like, like not like they looked like Swiss cheese. Trey Flowers, Shaquille Griffin, they need another corner. I, I they need to really work on that defense, but their offense is fun. 
Metcalf's going to be a superstar, so there you go. Yeah, and I think they're pretty much one of the only teams that's reached out to Clowney, who's willing to pay him. Which and is I really trust Pete Carroll. I trust Pete Carroll to have a good draft. He's done it before. I think mm-hmm. he can do it again. He found Richard Sermon in the fifth round. It's also because he played against him or coached against him as a freshman, but he still was one of the only people to draft him. True. Well, he was the only person to draft him, but I don't know. I think if the Seahawks have a good draft and they and they re-sign Clowney, they'll be good. I love how like so I, I know a lot of Browns fans. And the hilariousness of when the, the Browns reached out to Clowney and every Browns fan page posted about it. Oh, my God. It was hysterical. Clowney is the one player I could guarantee would never go there. Because Clowney may be a meathead and be kind of a dirty player. But he's also not a moron. Like, he knows he would be sitting behind Miles Garrett. He knows he would, like... Be on a team that would max go seven and nine. It's it. I I think it's Clowney's going to go to either some NFC contender or he's going to go back to Seattle. That's it. So you ready for uh, your little theory and la- and then uh, weird stuff? Yeah. Which am I doing first? Let's hear your theory. Patriots coaches who work directly with Bill Belichick fail. They see him firsthand because the positional coaches, most for the most part, are working with their coordinators. Mm-hmm. Ryan Flores working with Matt Patricia. Joe Judge, special team coordinator, a little different situation, but Bill Belichick doesn't have as direct a hand in that as he does the defense especially. But if you look... At kind of like Mike Vrabel, learned a bit under Belichick playing for him, but didn't learn how to coach from him. Brian Flores, same thing. They they're learning kind of what it takes to be a good coach in terms of the nuts and bolts of it without learning the demeanor. Mm-hmm. And so the coordinators go places trying to have that demeanor and just suck because they don't have anything to back it up, any rings, anything to win. So players hate them. Yeah. And that's my theory about Patriots coaches. I know it's actually pretty accurate. And now I'll move on to weird shit in sports, I guess. As As I said, Kevin, to me. me I didn't even look at it. I just opened it to get the notification out of the way for now. I'll look at them later. So I am. We've talked about how dumb the media is in this. And hello, I don't. We're media. <laughs> yeah, but they're still dumb. We know firsthand. Yeah. People talk about like Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen A. How they're dumb. Mel Kiper does not get enough credit for being an idiot. His mock drafts are his, are atrocious. Yes. And first off, Jimmy Clausen said if he was not a successful NFL quarterback. He would quit. I'm telling you right now, Mel, quit your job and do something else. I but, I liked him in Dari Noko's like show on ESPN on Saturdays. It wasn't bad. Back when I was in high school, I listened to it all the time I'd work. 
wasn't a bad his radio show in ESPN Radio was not bad. He's good as a sports commentator. His draft predictions are just terrible. Yes, and it's funny you bring that up because there is a reason for that. This comes back about a decade ago. There's a Sports Illustrated story that came out that a sports agent, Gary Wishard, was paying Mel Kuyper to put his players higher in his mock drafts to bump their stock up. Like oh, Jimmy Clausen. Like Jimmy Clausen. Oh. Gary Gary Wishard client. The man who Mel Kuyper had above Heisman winner Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford would have been a good quarterback if he didn't get hurt. Old floppy sleeves wasn't terrible. No, but he just got hurt all the time. Yeah. And this came out when Wishard was part of an NCAA investigation. For And he was, I forget the player, but he was going to meet with him. Wishard was to get him to represent. And they believe, and he called Kuiper. It's like, hey, like I'm going to meet with the best defensive player in the country. He's like, oh, it must be this player. And it was the player Wishard was going to meet with because people think he called up Kuiper before. I was like, hey, I'm going to go meet with this guy. Like when I say the best defensive player in the country, say him. So, and also, this like, some of the people... the NFL Network for draft lock drafts. Yeah, pretty much. Because it, it's ridiculous. And there was a guy, fourth overall, I can't remember his name, drafted by the Cardinals, because Kuiper had him so high. and was like, this guy's great, this guy's great. Wish our client out of the league in two years. God, I think I know who you're talking about, too. What position was he? Oh, I forget. He was third in the Manning-Leaf draft. 98. Oh, then I don't know. I started doing my I started doing NFL draft stuff in 04, so this is before my time. Yeah, let me see real quick cuz I can find him cuz he said that this guy was uh, was number 1 in the draft in terms of ability. Andre Wadsworth. Position? Defensive end/linebacker. slash Played for the Cardinals from 98 to 2000. Then was on the Jets practice squad or off-season member in 2007. Dude took a cool seven years off of professional football. Yeah, he took like a Ricky Williams sabbatical. All right. That's interesting, though. That's why I don't like Mel Kiper anyway. Todd McShay is better. Um, do I just got to keep yelling, Todd, 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 Todd. Um, all right. Last call. Kick a smooth jazz. Ladies and gentlemen. If you guys didn't see over the week, my favorite quarterback, Dak Prescott, is in the news. Oh, my Lord, the world's worst game manager really shot himself in the foot here. So, you know how social distancing, we're all trying to keep ourselves away. I would love to have a party in my house with 30 people, you know. Some nice ladies over, have the boys, a lot of beer, some shots, some scars, whatever. Be great, right? Take out. That's what Dak did with Zeke. Um... And they're in a lot of, they're, they're, I mean, they're not in a lot of trouble. The Cowboys are pissed at him, and, you know, they violate a bunch of rules, and this probably shot Dak in the foot for his contract negotiations. Dak's statement basically called out TMZ for f- saying that it wasn't real. It was nine friends having a private dinner. Pictures don't say that, Dak. And the worst part is Dak Prescott called out TMZ. The one person you never call out in media is TMZ because – they're privately owned. I mean, they work with Fox, but the guy runs TMZ. He's ruthless. 
His reporters? Ruthless. I think, Kevin, we're not done with the Dak Prescott roasting by TMZ this year. I think we're just cracking open the can, and it's going to get a lot worse. And I'm excited. Also, Dak Prescott's a, a C-plus, B-minus quarterback at best. He's been hanging out with Zeke too much. Because Zeke's yeah. got the intelligence level of a, of a foot. So, who pierces their nose twice? No, Zeke. Looks like a troll doll. Zeke looks like a troll doll. Dak should pierce his nose in solidarity. Unless you're probably doing self-piercings at this party. Um, all right. That about wraps it up. Hour and 16 today, Kev. We did good. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like, we actually had a long show. We thought it was going to be like a 45-minute, but... Uh, quick birthday shout out to my little sister. She is turning 22 today. I had to remember I had to minus three years. <laughs> I had to minus three years how old I am. So, but happy birthday, my little sis. Uh, she's turning 22 today. Um, I mean, she always has to put up with me doing my shows anyway because she's in the room next door. But, um, happy birthday, Helena. Um, oh, we will catch you guys next week as me and Kev do our mock drafts because the draft, wait, is in seven days. What? Breaking news. Von Miller, second NF- active NFL player to test positive for the Rona. And he's resting at home. That's all you could have done, Jay Glazer. You suck. ESPN did something better than you. That's bad, bro. ESPN is the joke of sports right now. Their CEO did coke, was doing cocaine in the, in the office, man. Come on. We're talking about Skinner, by the way, not the new current CEO, the old CEO. But anyway, still, they also let Coward and Bayless walk. Idiots. All right, that wraps it up. Praying for Von Miller, hopefully make speedy recovery. Because uh, I love, I love him, man. He's hysterical. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.